Hey, Osiris listeners. We want to tell you about our friends at Sunset Lake CBD who support this show. Sunset Lake CBD is a Vermont hemp farm crafting affordable CBD products designed to help with sleep and stress without breaking the bank. If you haven't tried CBD before, take it from me, it's a game changer. I use Sunset Lake's tincture every night before I go to bed, helping me get solid, restful sleep. And their gummies are great for daytime. Check out their new Good Vibes gummies, which have just a bit of hemp-derived THC to help you relax and unwind. Sunset Lake CBD crafts products with hemp grown on their family farm and ships them directly to customers. They have tinctures, salves, edibles, coffee, smokables, and even pet products. By the way, their CBD chocolate fudge is awesome. Check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use coupon code TIME for 20% off all products. Sunset Lake CBD, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown. Osiris. What's up? It's Mike. Enjoying the podcast? Want more? Head on over to patreon.com slash comesatimepod for a bonus episode each week. Welcome back to another episode of Comes a Time. I'm Mike, and the glowing, gushing, happy man next to me is Oteal. And he's glowing for a reason. Who did we have today, (laughs) Oteal? You guys know I just really (laughs) recently got into professional wrestling. And so I couldn't believe when Mike told me that we were going to have Diamond Dallas Page on, who's a three-time heavyweight champion. You know, a little backstory. Uh, it's all, all of you probably know. My back was giving me some really big problems, and then when I got into wrestling and just started watching the interviews and documentaries and stuff, I saw how bad their backs were. You know, and I was like, "Wow, I don't really have back pain. I have back discomfort, probably." You know, <laughs> yeah. and so when I f- saw this documentary, Relentless, and and saw about ddp which mike you had told me about a while back yeah um but i just when i made that i was so inspired you know i i uh, joined it and then with so all of a sudden mike's like yeah ddp's coming on the i was like what (laughs) are you talking about like you kidding me like this is too much and he's so inspirational like what a earth salt of the earth well it's 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 it yeah this was fun to watch you uh have have him on the podcast i think this was what it was like probably watch when i had when we had uh page or weir what i was just like do you like music no okay no um i i, I t- i'll tell you uh going on the road and doing shows and not wanting to leave the room and not wanting to you know go down and try to figure out if there's a gym in the hotel or it's nasty out weather wise or whatever like I can't tell you how many times I was like, well, I have DDP yoga. I have to do it. And I would turn it on and I'd be in my room in between the beds or whatever, laying a towel down sideways in the hotel room and moving shit around to figure out yep. how to do it. And you do it and you just figure out a way and, and his voice and his, <laughs> and when you do something enough with an exercise that like, you know, thing, you don't even have to watch it. You just know it and you can yeah. turn the other way even if you have to and you're it's up in you the know, superstar. Superstar. And he's like, look, if you can't look up, look down at those beads of sweat dripping off your nose. There's gonna be a few. And it's like you I just you know, you're kind of talking along with them. And uh it's kind of like you get to know these. Like I tried to write yeah. a joke about like the people only people I communicated with during COVID were like TV, like on TV doing exercises. But um 
it, it's and then you learn about the stuff that he's done for people and and yeah. it's uh look there's certain people who just kind of have that like uh I'm going to help. I'm going to help and I don't think I have a choice to. And clearly he's one of those because I mean look at this I mean he's he's his peers complete strangers who need help other people sending videos of people who they think need help to him yeah. and he and he rises to the occasion and uh it's he's a and it, he's a world champion that's world in the champion. hall of fame and he said this is by far the biggest thing i've ever done in my life it's just yeah. and boy boy does the guy know how to end a podcast <laughs> i mean like i'm not even gonna say anything more like you want to see this one he's just yeah we were a guest on his podcast i think today yeah absolutely and you want to know what else is pretty awesome what i what we didn't even get into but it's something that i think is so great he got into what he got into wrestling pretty late in his life for a wrestler yeah and look what he accomplished yeah no i mean come on so it's it's kind of beaten up it's all good anyway enjoy it and uh we love you guys and uh we hope you enjoy it as much as we did and I hope you're smiling as much as O'Teal. <laughs> you will be. <laughs> Thanks. How you doing? I was wondering how to say that. <laughs> Oatmeal with no M in it. <laughs> O'Teal. Oatmeal. Okay, O'Teal. <laughs> Like I'm, a, I'm a comic and O'Teal is a musician. He played bass with the Allman Brothers for 17 years and with uh, no, Dead and Company that for five. Been a blast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was... How much of that 17 years do you remember? Actually, <laughs> I just um, enough. I remember a lot more of it than they remember their first 17 years because I was I'll bet. five when they started. So I got the gig when I was five when they started. I got the gig sure. when I was 32. And so they had done all their, like, you know, death. The heavy, heavy duty partying part. Yeah. <laughs> so I had the, the easier part, you know, could oh, see that, what, that, how you're going to end up if you do that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. My, my dad was my role model of what not to do. <laughs> yes. He yes. was. He was. Yep. Was he a wrestler too? No, but he drank a lot. And, you know, I like to have a cocktail and I drank a lot when I was younger. But as I got older, you know, now a couple of days, if I drink twice a week and if I have a couple glasses of wine or whatever, you know, might drink a bottle. You know, if Nash is here, Kevin Nash is here, it'll be much more. But normally (laughs) I just keep it down. You know, it's all how you it's all how you age as you move forward. And I take care of myself too good. You know, it's almost too like hangovers that now come in phases where it's like the first day is phase one. The second day is phase two. It's like. I don't. I yeah. remember pre-gaming used to be drinking before you go drink. Now pre-gaming is Advil and a, you know, a nap <laughs> and some prayers and yeah, it's a whole different game now. So the wrestling we talk, O'Teal and I talk quite a bit about how uh, the parallels between being on the road as a comic, being on the road as a musician, sure. being on the road as a wrestler. It's a we we live uh, we live a circus life. It's a whole other world than most people get. Yeah. It's uh, and, and the road's hard, man. Road's hard. Beat your body up. Now imagine having five car crashes in one day in a ring and being on that road. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. I beat up when we go on the road and we travel really well and we don't do a lot of dates. Like I used to do the, you know, 
250 plus dates a year and then when i started i recently got into professional wrestling and and a lot of it through interviews and documentaries and stuff and when i heard how many hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds our family now has three pairs of raycon earbuds around the house and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Days you guys were on the road as champs. Like, it didn't get, you were just, you were out there just as much. And yeah. getting banged up. And I was just like, I was having back problems over the summer. <laughs> I told someone, I was like, I don't think I have back problems. I think I have back discomfort. These guys <laughs> have. And I, I'm actually doing your DDPY now to help. Are you really? Yeah, so I don't oh, have sweet. to get surgery. Me too, man. I, that's my last hope. Yeah. Well, it, and it will be the promised land for you because let's go. Let's start this thing. Are we already live? We're doing we're it. We're already starting. Oh, yeah. Let's rock. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, that was where it all comes from for me because when i blew my back out i had three spine specialists telling me you're done now you have to understand i tried wrestling when i was 23 i had three matches it didn't work out for me i came back at 31 when i was running big nightclub big nightclub in fort myers florida and i've been in the nightclub business the whole time and I came in as a manager and a color commentator because I thought I was too old to be a wrestler at 31. And for those first three and a half years, I mean, it cost me money to be Diamond Dallas Page. And when I finally, you know, when I finally got my break in WCW, 
Dusty, who I'd worked for in Florida for no money, uh, as a manager and a color commentator, Dusty brought me in and it took four months for me to get a contract. And I finally got a contract and five months into the contract as a manager and a color commentator, one day Magnum TA came up to me right before I'm doing, we're doing TV. And he came up to me and go, listen, Dusty, couldn't do this, you know, because Dusty loved me like like a like a brother and a son, and uh, he said, "Listen, we can't it's, we can't let you manage anymore." And I'm like, "Why? Why not? What did I do wrong? I'll fix it." And he says, "Really, you can't because it's not your fault." He goes, "The hair, the bling, the clothes, the wrap, the diamond dolls. It's like." No, no one's paying attention to the wrestler. You're taking too much attention away. <laughs> and, and I'm like, Magnum, are you telling me I'm too over the top for professional wrestling? <laughs> you know, and, you know, bottom line was, he goes, it's not your fault. And what he said to me was, you, you know, he should have given you a pair of tights and boots and see if you could do this. <laughs> and he laughed because at 35 and a half, that's absurd. But I had seven months left of my contract. And that's where I was like, I never got into this business because I wanted to be a manager or a color commentator. I wanted to be a wrestler. So I figured I had seven months left to my contract. They can't tell me no because I'm going down there and I'm already getting paid. Right. And so I did. And within three months, they put me on TV. And right when I started to get some momentum with Kevin Nash as a tag team at the bottom, you know, the curtain jerkers, but we, you know, <laughs> we were we were getting some sort of momentum. I told my rotator cuff and they fired me. And that's when Jake Roberts came into my life and Jake took me under his wing. And so to finally get there, when I finally came back to WCW, it took me, you know, if you count from when I started managing, it took me eight years to be an overnight success. And as a musician, as a comic, you know about that because yeah. there's a long time where you make nothing. Right. Like you pay, you pay to do the gigs, you pay mm -hmm. to get yourself there. And, so finally, in 96, my career blows up at the end of 96. And in 97 and 98, I'm literally, I think I headlined 13 out of 24 either main event pay-per-views or wow. semi-main event. Now, I'm not wow. getting paid the whole time. I'm getting paid my guaranteed <laughs> contract, which is nothing compared to the seven-figure guys. Nothing. Wow. So I finally get paid. I make the multi-million dollar three-year deal. And that's when they tell me, you blew your back out, you're done. So that was kind of devastating. You know? Of course. Yeah. And, 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 you know, at that point, I mean, I remember those days and that was like, you're right. Like end of 96, like those were a couple of super hot years. I mean, and what was that like? I mean, going from, you know, you knew you had it in you and you fought and fought and persevered. And here it is like, how was that to digest and, and adapt to? You know, I, I'd been told by a couple of the veterans early on who saw how hard I worked. They were like, listen, as long as you can stay healthy, like I'm the first guy to ice his body in professional wrestling by five years. And the only reason guys started wow. then is because they, they finally brought trainers in you know yeah. physical therapists in to work with us <laughs> what a concept been there. yeah right should have been there for 20 years already 
But everybody looked at me and laughed. They go, what are you icing your knees and your back for? You know? Yeah. I also was the first to do every week, you know, chiropractic, deep muscle massage therapy. Um, I eventually would get into kinesiology. Organic juicing, I was into it in 1990, 1995. I started organic juicing because wow. it's all about how you heal your body. Now I'm still partying pretty good back then, but sure. I, you know, you're, 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 you're setting, you know, the, the yin and the yang for like, you can punish your body, but you need to nourish your body and heal your body. So I was doing all of that along the way. So when my career finally took off and it was really crazy the way it happened, and developing that finishing maneuver, the diamond cutter out of nowhere made people like there's a video on YouTube that's called Diamond Cutters on Everyone. And a guy did it where he just took my diamond cutters. And over years, like probably two years, you can see it go from people starting to react a little bit to people jumping out of their seats, throwing up the diamond cutter sign. It was crazy. And I'm if you go back and look who I beat. And, you know, beat that finishing maneuver, they're enhancement guys that normally gets like no pop mm. because they get beat up. But I figured, see, no one ever really saw me being in that top spot except for me. And I was lucky that at one point, Dusty Rhodes did, Jake St. Roberts did, Hulk Hogan did, and eventually it would be Randy Savage. You know, when they could see it, they can see they could draw money with you. And the, the guys who wrote the storylines didn't see it. So I develop enough relationships, which I tell everybody, it's not about who you know. And you notice in the entertainment business, it's so true. It's not about who you know or who knows you. It's about who's willing to say they know you. Who's willing to yes. put their ass on the line for you. Yeah, it's you true. You know, like, no, no, I got a comic. I got a comic that fills that spot. No, I've got a musician. You need a bass player? I've got the bass player. Like, don't even look for anyone else. You know, it's, it's like yeah. when someone does that for you, and that's what I was building. So when my career blew up, when I dropped the, you know, the NWO uh, in January, it was January, I think it was January 13th. It took so long for that angle to happen because the guys who write the storylines, didn't want to see me drop those guys because it put me at a whole different level. And when you do that, you know, they're betting you can draw ratings and stuff. And they didn't think I had it. But when it happened, I exploded. Mm -hmm. And then Randy Savage not only wants to work with me, he wants to put me over. He wants to lift me yeah. up. And after that, there was like, there was no stopping me. And, you know, it's so funny. And I'm sure as a musician and as a comic, you've had this too. Like you thought you were ready. You were so sure you were ready. But if you really look back in your career, where you really get those spots is where you go. Like if I'd have got it a year earlier, I never would have been as good. Yeah. And I was ready, you know, and not, no one could tell me any different. And I was having so much fun that people could see it. You know, so that's that's what made it all worth it. That feeling translates, man. That's it's one of the things that I love about wrestling is that the crowd really does decide. 
Like they can't stop you when it's your time. They just can't and stop. If, if it wasn't for this, it never <laughs> happens. Because when I could go out there, I'd throw in three people do it, and then 30, and then 300, then 3,000, then 10,000. You can't, like, that guy's getting over like crazy. They yeah. play my music, and no matter where the camera is, we're doing that. You know, so it really it was the people, you know, that communication with the people that made it happen. And, you know, when it did, man, it was just, it was so fast. I wish I could have had just a, a camera following <laughs> so I could go back and look at those moments. But if you see right here in all these pictures that are here, yeah. they're all over this room. Yeah. And like the, my life that I experienced, I, I, I don't miss it because what I'm doing today is so much bigger than that. But it was just so much fun. And without this foundation of people who really believed in me, DDP yoga never happened. Now. It's funny that you say this is so much bigger than that because you're like three-time heavyweight champion, right? But you feel like this is Way it. And it's great because I, you know how many diamond cutters I do every day? Probably at least 10. <laughs> starts yeah, totally. First thing every day, you know, I'm like. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I, I worked out. I've worked out my whole life. I, I had a, a fractured humerus bone. I have plates and screws in my arm, so I can't really do a lot of you, – you're – I did your workout on the road constantly. It to me felt like it fell into that sort of prison cell workout where it's like all you need right. is the space that you're in. You right. don't need a ton of, you know, but it changed the way the idea of dynamic resistance and, you know, changing yeah. the way I I'll never do a push up the same. I mean, it's literally changed everything and it's tensing up and it's, you know, creating your own it, and it kind of, not to sound corny, but it kind of translates to life. You know what I mean? Like right. you create your own resistance and you create your own, so you can prepare for the recovery and you can prepare for all of that. And it, it, it literally, I mean, doing it in hotel room, doing diamond cutters 40 minutes before I'm on stage at, you know, in a hotel room, it came with me and I loved it. And it's, and I'm, um, it, it really, to see the stories and to see the transformation, I was saying to Othiel earlier, talking about getting ready to chat with you kind of wonder how you feel about it took going through wrestling to get to this moment for you. Uh, absolutely. First of all, it never happens. You know, one of the things, and if anybody who's listening, um, it's really the greatest lesson I've ever learned. What looks like could be the worst thing to ever happen to you. And that includes the only thing you can't say that about, uh, it's the worst thing that ever happened to me turned out to be the best, probably death, you know, but after death, you know, divorce, um, I mean, any other thing that is catastrophic in your life, like when they blow my back, when I blow my back out and I get told not by one, two, but three spine specialists, like top guys, you know, in the country, I went to Houston. I had a guy here in Atlanta. I went to New York. They all said the same thing, like, you're done. You know, to have that emotional gravity, pull myself down and like, why me? I just got here. And then finally, like, I'm really good at like blowing that off and, you know, taking the depression and then getting the hell out of there. You know, if you take every unbelievable person, and when I say that, that, that could be from, you know, from Tom Brady 
to LeBron James, to Trump, to Obama, to Oprah. These are the biggest people in the world. They go down too. The Rock goes down. They don't stay there though. They come right back up again. Okay, how do I fix this? And no one else has to believe you can fix it. Just you. And I'm the guy who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga the first 42 years of my life. So I get that when I talk to somebody, oh, you're doing yoga. No, I don't. And like that, DDPY. <laughs> I'm good with DDP yoga, but when people call my skit just yoga, I'm like, no. no like, like yoga for people who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga. And I respect all types of yoga today. I think they're all amazing. I only do mine because that's what works for me. And it, it's not just stretching, it's stretching, strengthening muscles, ligaments, and tendons. So at any point in time, and I've, I've done, like you're the fourth podcast I've done today. I could take either one of these feet, take it, pick it up, put it in your face, pull it over my head at six foot four, 224 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and two months from 66 years young. Wow. Amazing. Awesome. It's so but, amazing. You know, the, difference, the difference in your thing, and I've, it's, it's like your superpower, this thing to be able to connect with people. Because watching the stories of people that transformed and feeling it myself when I do the workouts with you in the morning, I told my wife, I was like, it's like having Tony Robbins doing your workout with you because you, <laughs> you inspire people Thank so you. much and you ac help them access their spiritual power, which is the real thing. It's like it's up here and here, like physically, okay, you don't, can't believe it happened. And someone told you like intellectually it can't happen, but then their, their spiritual power and their inspiration and that thing, like relentless, just got me, man. Jeez, uh, that thing you, you. got me. I went out and ordered DDP right after that because I was going through this back <laughs> stuff. So it's, I, I just want to say thank you and give mm -hmm. you credit that it's different. It's not just yoga or even just yoga and isometrics and dynamic resistance and stuff. It's also your superpower <laughs> to like access that. <laughs> yeah, you're fun to work out it. with. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. really fun <laughs> to work out with. Well, I'm doing it with you, you know, and so yeah. many times yeah. in yoga classes, people walk around and tell people what to do. Now, those people who can tell you what to do, most of them are super athletes and they're super, super strong, you know, but they walk around and talk and I do it with you because, yeah. you know, it's just it's how I love doing it. And I get my workout done, too. You know, and I love doing stuff. You know, even when people like some of my favorite workouts are the chair workouts for people who don't believe they can really older people or people who are really beat up don't believe they can anymore. Like we're, we are starting to shoot a show like I do everything myself. We, we my company, Comeback Studios, did the resurrection of Jake the Snake, yeah. which is one of the greatest comeback documentaries ever on Amazon Prime. You just mentioned Relentless. We originally started making Relentless as just a little mini doc about the company and how it started and where it comes from. And then when we started doing it, the first pass, one of my guys did on it. He made it extra long. 
And he said, D, you might want to really watch this because I think this is something more than just about the company. And then my business partner, Steve, you saw it. He was the greatest storyteller ever. And he was like, dude, we got to really, we got to put all our focus on this. And it became our next documentary. So both times we had never done any documentaries, never done it before. Steve is a self-taught genius. He's like Yoda of of storytelling. And over this last three years, probably five years, people have been trying to get me to do a reality show with them. And I've never found anybody who could tell me what it was about. And as time went on, you know, reality shows are bullshit. So I want nothing to do with that. We have developed what we're calling a docu-series. And I've seen a couple of them out there, but not like we're doing. We're moving six people into my place that I call the accountability crib. It's one of my homes that when I was living there with Jake and Scott and Resurrection Jake Snake. And I'm bringing one of my good buddies in named Josh Nair to like be the guy who's there 24 seven over this three month period where we bring five individuals into the accountability crib. And the name of the show is going to be called change or die. And Mm -hmm. so many people, and this is, this is for these people, but it's more of an education for the people who are watching the show and the show will be biggest loser. The good parts. I hate biggest loser. How they beat up the people and starve the people and had them on pills and whatever the hell they did to try to get them to lose 40 pounds in a week, whatever the deal was there, the good part, the inspirational part in the part where you can um, meet the apprentice in the way that there'll be challenges every week. Like uh, the first challenge, the very first week will be what's your why? Like, mm-hmm. why are you here? Why did you want to come here? And then they'll go on for each week. Each week will have a different challenge. And uh, for the what's your why, they'll get with our production crew. Each one will have their own editor and filmographer. And they'll come up with a 60 to 90 second, what's their why? And the people who are in it, two people, some people will know. There's one person from the wrestling world going to be in it, Buff Bagwell. He, oh, needs, yeah. he, he needs some direction right now. And he, these, these people all promise to let me drive. You know, nice. you just let me drive and maybe I can help you get to another, a better spot. The other one is uh, Butterbean. Uh-huh. And uh, being, I was on a show with Rick Bassman, Bass, Bass Rutten, Boss Rutten, oh, uh, the fastest man alive, what a great yeah. guy, uh, yeah. Flex Wheeler, and Butterbean. And at some point, I started talking about this show. And Flex, who I love, he's like, you know, DDP, you know, you should really have Butterbean, you know, in that house with you because he really needs to. Because in book Bean will tell you, you can't walk five, 10 steps without yeah. having to sit down. He's yeah. beat up right now. And he's way too heavy. And, um, you know, he's going to be one of the people. And then we've got three other people. And one's a 67-year-old woman. One's uh, about a 29-year-old woman. 
Uh, both of them are 100 plus pounds overweight. Uh, and then there's a kid who's 21. And this is like God's work, how he ended up, ended up being a part of this. Someone who's a friend of mine texted me and sent me a picture of him up on TikTok. And this was just my buddy who didn't know this kid from Adam. His brother was moved because the kid was looking for help. And my buddy, Jared, was going to buy DDP Yoga for him. And was going to buy him a year app membership. And he said, would you mind just doing a video for him to help him inspire him? that you actually care that he's doing the program. And I, and I text him back, sure, but I might have another idea. And then I, I, talked, to, uh, I talked to him briefly, and then I put him in with my production people, and he's 21, he's 486 pounds, mm. and he's five foot five. Whoa. And yeah. he was starting to do it on his own. Like, I'm not just going to grab people ever who aren't willing to put the work in because that's the only way you can get kicked out you know right. and no one really knows yeah. well how do you get kicked out of the house well you put the work in you don't yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. i never liked that part where you're kicking people out well you know like if they're not putting the work in that's different but well, you're, you're kicking yourself out at that point right you know yeah, you're right. just well, like you yeah. yourself out. yeah <laughs> That's incredible. Beautiful. And you know, it, it, it seems to me too, something that is very palpable and very evident and most, if not all of what you do is that vulnerability and surrender and admitting I need help and, or I'm here to help you is step one in a long step of change. And I wanted to talk with you about that. Like how important you think that is like as a character trait to be able to be vulnerable and say like, you know, it's, it, I, I need help. I need fixing. I need someone to do it. You know, the, the Arthur's video, which is such a phenomenal story. You didn't say, I don't think I can help this guy. You go, how can I help this guy? So right. it was, there was never any, right. I don't think I could do this. And it doesn't seem like don't is in your vocabulary. So that vulnerability seems super important. Yeah. When I see someone who's really putting work in, that's when I, like even Jake, when I sent him Arthur's video, this is, God, eight years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah, 2012. Yeah, we're coming up on that. Would have been right around now, uh, 10 years ago. And I sent him Arthur's video. And he saw it. And I said, dude, I could, you know, I could, you know, send you the program and blah, blah, blah. Because I give it to all my boys. You know, I just mm -hmm. give it to them. And, um, he said he'd do it. And then I called Steve up and told him Jake's going to start the program. And he goes, Jake who? I go, what do you mean, Jake who? Jake Snake. <laughs> Jake, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's like, you know Jake the Snake? I'm like, yeah, dude. He's like, what am I? Him and Dusty were my two mentors. And I've always wanted to help him for what he did for me. Because I never hit that level without those two guys, without their, without their friendship and mentoring never happens. And he's like, well, why don't we get him to move in? And like, you're buying that new house in Atlanta, you're moving back to Atlanta. 
you know, why don't why don't we get him to move in with? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa! He doesn't have to live with me, you know, because he did that 20 years earlier. And he, the only reason he left was because my wife at the time, Kimberly, was like, he lost a black cobra, 12 foot black cobra, in my house. No bullshit, like real story. Oh my god! So he like, had to go it. at that point. Yeah. Did so he at least find the I, cobra? Yeah, well, no, I found the cobra and, you know, the, the, I had a snake wrangler. Jake said, I'll be back. I'll take care of it. Jake came back three days later. That was <laughs> that That was back in his Jake crack days. Like, yeah, Jake was, yeah. when Jake when Jake came into my house, he was addicted to booze, pills, oh. coke, and crack. Jeez. Like, that's what was, you mess. know, but what had happened, I told Jake that I would, if he could lose 20 pounds on his own, he was 307 at the time. So if you can lose 20 pounds on your own, I will fly you up here. I will take care of everything. I'll move you in. I'll take care of your bills. You won't have anything. You won't, you know, and eventually where Jake was getting booked, maybe 500 bucks a night, maybe 750. Because he was a risk. He's a gamble. Yeah. You don't know if he's going to show up. And if he does, how bad is he going to be when he gets right, there? Right. So it was a risk. Now Jake made, Jake's been sober for eight years. Now Jake makes like five grand a night. Like yeah. guaranteed. <laughs> he's yeah. on AEW. He does the cameos. You know, uh, that cameo thing was huge for all of us who were big stars in the 80s and 90s. I mean, I can't tell you how many cameos I get, you know, on cameo.com where people are getting them for themselves. <laughs> like, I just yeah. did, I did five of them right before I did this in between the podcast. And, and I don't do like one minute cameos. Mine yeah. are four minutes to 15 minutes. Wow. Depending, depending on what they did and what they said. And if they do my program, which so many of them do. Hey there, Osiris listeners. I wanted to tell you about our friends over at SmartWool. For more than 25 years, SmartWool has been making merino wool socks and apparel designed to keep you comfortable. Because they want to help you play, laugh, and explore in the outdoors with every thread they knit and every step you take. Because they believe that comfort sharpens focus and lets you perform beyond your limits. They're here to help you feel good. Now, it's up to you how far you will go. Take 15% off of your first order at smartwool.com. Smartwool. Go far, feel good. What's up, everyone? I'm Mike. And I'm O'Teal. And these are our Sunset Lake CBD gummies that are almost gone. Sunset Lake CBD is a farmer-owned business that ships CBD products directly from their farm to your door. For years, Sunset Lake was a Vermont dairy farm producing milk for Ben and Jerry's ice cream. In 2018, they diversified and started growing hemp for CBD. And with a product for everyone, they offer pre-rolls, hemp cigars and hemp flowers, as well as tinctures, gummies, and CBD crafted coffee to help with stress, aches and pains. Sunset Lake CBD saves you money by shipping high-quality CBD products directly from their farm to your door. 
Want to know what I've been using a lot of, Oteal? This salve with the arnica uh, yeah. on, my, on my old bones. You get back from a show and you got tore ankle, rub a little bit of this on there. You're ready to dance the next day. And you know, S Sunset Lake uh, comes a time listeners can visit sunsetlakecbd.com and use promo code TIME for 20% off of their purchase. That's sunsetlakecbd.com, promo code TIME. And tell them we sent you. When you guys go to the app, when you get a chance, the first thing you'll see pop up, it says the list. Yeah, You've seen it every time you go into the app. If you ever go on that list and you see everything, this is why Arthur, Vance Hines, yeah. Stacey Morris, Christina Russell, why I have such ridiculous over-the-top transformations. Because the list starts with what's your why. Mm. And it goes into, I teach you how to set goals. I educate you uh, on what real food is. Not me. Top documentaries. Food Inc. in 2007 won the Oscar. It really put a focus on what's real food and mm. what's shit. And in our country, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a mm -hmm. huge patriot, American, but I'm going to call, throw a flag where a flag is down. Our food sucks in this country. You know, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, obesity. Those numbers are through the roof yeah. in the last 30 years. Go back and watch an Allman Brothers concert in... 1979 or 1983 and watch one today you know the, the, the crowds are going you know with everything else yeah. because they eat shit it's not and even actual I, food it's not food <laughs> it's, it's not, not food. food it's in that fast fake food like there's three documentaries up there food inc genetic roulette gmo OMG. Mm. Then there's, of course, Relentless uh, um, and Resurrection of Jake the Snake. And there's a lecture I did called Living Life at 90%. And the concept's based on life's 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. Like we, just like we train our bodies, we can train our brains. And for me, that's the most important organ that we have because that dictates everything and you literally you literally get to control it if you take control and that's really when people are really beat up and really hurting they they're really ready to listen because yeah. when i take gluten and dairy and some people sugar out of their diet they go from feeling like shit to feeling so much better like you can't fake that yeah. That's just a fact. So when people tell me about, oh, you think GMOs are bad, you're wrong. Well, I go, talk all you want. I go with results. I go with how do people feel. So on our show, Change Your Die, I'm going to educate them. They don't have to listen. I don't care. I'm doing it for the people right there. Mm. But if you want to listen and you want to literally, you know, the, the quickest way to really understand food. Just eat protein and vegetables, ideally organic, so they're not sprayed all over with yeah. pesticides. But just eat protein 
and vegetables for three weeks. Tell me how you feel. <laughs> You'll feel like you're a completely different person. Yeah. So then put other shit back in. And then when you feel like shit, maybe you shouldn't <laughs> eat that. Take it out. You know? <laughs> or yeah. don't complain. Don't complain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When you're dealing it, with man. when you're dealing with the folks that are kind of like trying to figure out like you know what's your why you know I, I kind of wonder sometimes what the roadblocks are when we know we have to change right when we have a you knew you said I wouldn't have caught my I wouldn't have been caught dead doing yoga and now look like it's it's a it's a yeah. whole other that <laughs> moment when you're like I would never be caught dead doing this that moment is something I think that trips us all up quite a bit where it go I can't do this I can't stop doing that. Why am I going to make this change? Like, it's just that, that, that ego or that pride that we kind of struggle with, you know, um, you see it firsthand, get stripped down and, and changed. Right. Yep. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes, and I'm sure this isn't the only guy to say it, but he's the guy that made it famous. If you say you can, or you say you can't, you're right. Henry Ford. Yeah is the guy who said that, but what the hell did he ever do? Yeah. I mean, it's like, think about that. And it wasn't, and a lot of people think he invented the car. No, more importantly, he invented the assembly line. Like mm-hmm. he changed the world and he was a crazy bastard, you know, yeah. looking back. So he's not like my idol, but that <laughs> quote yeah, is, yeah. and some of the things he did, I'll take the best of people who aren't my favorite people when I look at all of their life, but I still take there's certain things that certain people did that you can go, okay, I can learn from that. Hmm. And for me, learning that flexibility was youth, not just in my body, but in my mind. I had to become flexible to the idea for me to eventually create a DDP yoga. Hmm. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like without, like I say, it was the worst thing. It was it was right up there with my divorces as far as felt like the worst thing ever happened. But even those were the best thing that happened to me, you know? So, and I had great relationships with my ex-wives, you know, and my, my wife that I'm with today, I mean, I couldn't, I've never been this happy. So there, you know, to me, the worst thing that ever happened to you could always be the best. If you figure out, how to make it the best thing. Yeah. I just love that you're passing on that belief that, you know, that Dusty and Jake, the snake, you know, like Randy Savage, these guys helped, you know, because they believed in you, it helped you be like, all right, I could do this. And you're just like multiplying that just so much with what you're doing now. I see why you say it's the biggest thing in your life. Cause that's such a, uh, I just can't even imagine what that feels like. To me, that's even better than playing music. Honestly, wow. <laughs> you know, that's good for you. That's, that's, that's super cool. Let, let me tell you, let me tell you a great story. And these are, these are all reasons why I believe what I believe. So one night I, I'm, I'm talking to dust and they had put him out the pasture WCW, which means they're still paying him. Because they don't want him to go to WWF with Vince McMahon and come up with some hot idea and spank him. So they're paying him kind of like they'll take a script and they'll buy the script 
to put it on a shelf. And don't use it. Because wow. there's another movie they want to put out. Man. So for Dusty, he has all this time. And this is a great picture of me and him 32 years ago. Wow. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> Look Can at you, man. Give you wow. That hair. Can probably give you wheel. Yeah, that hair. <laughs> um, but this one night, I'm telling Dusty, because I'm really, the booking committee doesn't see me being in that spot of a main event performer. So they won't give me the opportunity to prove myself. And at some point, I say to Dusty, I go, you know, Dream, I know I'm never going to be you or Rick or Hulk. I know I'm never going to be the world champion. But these sons, and he went, Dada, enough. What did you just say? <laughs> and, and now I feel kind of stupid, you know? Right. <laughs> because what did I just say? I go, okay, Dusty, I know I'm never going to be you. You're like one of the biggest stars ever in this shit. And I said, no, I'm never going to be Rick. He goes, no, D, what did you say after that? I said, well, I'm never going to be the world champion. He said, then what the fuck are you doing it for? Got it. If you know as hard as you work, if you don't believe it, D, you need to get the fuck out of our business right now. And he kept talking. And I felt like he just came through and spit slapped me. Mm. And he kept talking. I can't tell you word he said but i can tell you exactly <laughs> what i did there was a ledger pad right next to my phone and i pulled it over while he was talking and i wrote on it i will be the world champion in five years or less wow it was four years four months and 14 days april 11th 1999 Six days after my 43rd birthday, the crazy part is I'm in a four-way dance that night with Rick and Hulk and the Stinger, the franchise. Wow. I mean, like, <laughs> what's the odds of that? And I don't even really realize that. I tell that story a lot on Cameo because – it helps people understand that sometimes it's where I came up with the original thought of never underestimate the power someone gives you by believing in you. Yes. Mm. And Dusty believed in me, especially at that point. And it took a long time before he did as a, as an in ring performer. But when I told the story one day on cameo, I thought to myself, Oh my God. And I literally, this is all on the caveat. I just realized something. Four years, four months, and 14 days before this, I told Dusty I, was, I wasn't ever going to be him or Rick or Hulk. Yet on this day, I'm stepping in the ring with Rick and Hulk and the franchise, the singer. Mm -hmm. And Randy Savage is the guest referee, and I walk out the world champion. And that's like our Oscar in our business. Yeah, that's why yeah, it's so course. important, especially your first time. That yeah. in the Hall of Fame ring, that's yeah. a different level of an Oscar.
you know. But the best part it, to me is Dusty got you with exactly how you are going to deal with these people on the TV show. It's the why. He's like, why are you here? Yeah, you know. Yeah, a hundred percent. And if you ain't here to be world champ, then what are you doing? <laughs> you know why? <laughs> If you're, if you're not here to be the main event, you know, of a, you know, on the, on the card of a bunch of comics or a bunch of bands, why are you here? Are yeah, you here just point. to play? Yeah. You know, no, I want to be the main event guy. And yeah. it, it enlightened me. Like it's something I kept that. I kept that forever. And in one of my moves, I actually lost the original, you know, um, because that yeah. things like that were very valuable to me because that's something in a moment. I kept that for years and years. Um, and then I, I guess I lost it. Um, but it, it's still in my mind. I can see it. And it was those moments that make, you know, the story so powerful. Yeah. And like when I inducted Jake, and I knew exactly what I was going to say when I injected Dr. Jake in the Hall of Fame in the same year. <laughs> only, only Jake Roberts could come up with something like this. Jake was in my house. He's down 60 pounds. He's, he's 60 days. No, he was down, he was down 30 pounds, 30, 30 or 35 pounds, but he's 60 days sober, which was a really big deal. Yeah. And yeah. Scott Hall. I got a, I got a, I got a, uh, a, a tweet from Xbox, John Walton. And he said, D, I need your help. Scott's suicidal. He's got a gun. He says he's going to kill himself. Saw what you've done with Jake. Please call him. So I call him. And he, when I tell you, Scott Hall answered the phone. Of all the time I've ever known him, three times. And this is one of the times he actually answers a phone. And he's so wasted. So wasted. And we end up talking. And he found out. He heard about Jake. And heard about what was happening with Jake. And so he was still semi-coherent. And uh, that was the, the day that, you know, by the end of the conversation, which was about 20 minutes, we filmed all of it. And um, much shorter in the in the documentary, but we filmed it all, and there was some hope at the end of that conversation. And I had reached over and was grabbing something, and Jake was right next to me, and I looked over him and I went, "Can you imagine if you and Scott Hall get sober in the same year?" In the same house, and Jake, <laughs> only Jake could say it. He kind of like shook his head. He went, "Well, I'm going to go get your crown, your crown of thorns ready right now." <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Wow. For, for it to actually yeah. happen, and then yeah. both to go in the in Hall of Fame in the same year. That's that was like advice. me going in. I went in three years later, and those guys needed both needed to go in before I did. Um, but it was like I was going in anyway. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, it was amazing. 
Man, you know, they, Jake, the snake story just blew me away. I could, I've watched, and I haven't seen the resurrection yet, so I'm really excited for that. Oh my but god! I watched the, just the documentary on him. I guess it was done a long time ago, and I just ended up feeling so much more compassion for him than I thought I would have once you learn about how he grew up and that the whole backstory. Right. And at the end of that, I think I called you, Mike, or we were talking right after I'd seen that. I just remember thinking, oh, my God, I hope he can fix that relationship with his daughter. It was just so heartbreaking, you know, and it just seemed kind of hope. It seemed pretty hopeless back then. And then I saw some of the interviews with you and him even though I haven't seen the the doc. And I was like, oh my God, Jake is like literally just a different person. It's a miracle. It's like I, raising I, somebody I, I, from the dead. It's unbelievable. What's, what's really crazy, and you guys, we all, <laughs> in our business, we all have good friends who are addicts, you know? And what's really amazing when an addict just booze or pills or coke or crack but when you have all of that there's a fog like when i leave when we go down to film the resurrection the very first day me and steve you when we're leaving there i'm blown away by how beat up he is like i would never believe that he would have let himself go that far and i was kind of in shock Cause I would do like diamond cutter, hulk it up, tension. Probably gotta sit down. We gotta sit down. What, what do you mean you gotta sit down? You're like, wow. Far yeah. back, I gotta sit down. Yo, cat, cat, I gotta sit down. Like he, he sat down in between every move for like five minutes. I'm like, oh my God. And then the conversations that we were having and Steve said to me, how do you think it went? I said, truthfully, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to be able to have a real conversation with my brother ever again. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to do it. Now, let's fast forward seven years, which is three years ago. Every year, Jay got a little sharper, a little sharper. But three years ago, I was like, whoa, who is this guy? Like, I don't even know this guy who's almost as sharp as when he was when he was freaking in his 20s. Like, now, if you hit in the head, we've been hitting the head a bunch of times. So he still has problems with memory sometimes. But overall, I mean, so sharp. Like, today, we have our own podcast. It's called DDP Snake Pit. And every Tuesday, we put it on a different episode. And we talk. I mean, it's, it's not just wrestling. We talk about wrestling as talk about that show heels that came out um but when we're talking everything revolves around like what was the message to that story we just yeah. told you like what did we learn from that and i'll never forget steve you because he was producing us uh when we were filming it with conrad and at the first after the first four shows he looks at me and he goes, I would never have believed that Jake Roberts could be so inspirational. Yeah. Like he's a different guy now. And it's really fascinating. 
and the fog is cleared. And that's what people have to understand if they're dealing with addiction. Yeah. And that's the, you know, Teal, uh, like hit me to the term, uh, the wounded healer. And that's always something I think about quite a bit. Cause it's like the ones who kind of put themselves through war and lived through it and could come back on the other end and tell the stories and cautionary tales, or this is what happened to me. And this is how it can happen to you. That's what gives people hope. And that's what gives people, I had a conversation with someone about, um, you know, therapists and addiction. And they said, people who have gone through addiction or who are going through trying to get clean, they want to hear from people who have gone through getting clean. They want to hear from the people who have made the mistakes they made. They, they want to know that it's okay that, that you know, there is an, a light at the end of the tunnel. And that's, what's important about stories like Jake, you know, that, that you, you make it through the other end and it's, and it's okay. And that's, what's inspirational. Yeah, when you show somebody like look <laughs> look at Jake before and after, you could do this. Look at Borman before and after. The cat right. with muscular dystrophy, I was just like <laughs> like yeah. man, that that documentary Relentless is really so thank you so much for giving people that message, man, helping them believe cuz that's that's what you got to do uh with whether it's addiction, whatever it is, it's so hard to believe you can actually do it. I yeah, thought that I mean, when I was at my bottom, I was like, he can do it, he can do it, but not me, you know? And it took something, you know, just really. You know, it goes back to the uh, Roger Bannister story. Roger Bannister was the first guy to break the four minute mile. And like they wrote papers, like there was medical papers written how. A human being cannot break the four-minute mile. Their heart will explode. You know, we're talking about back in the 50s, right? Yeah. <laughs> but they didn't believe it because it never been done before. Right. And then one guy did it. And then his number one, I can't remember this guy's, the guy's name, but his number one, you know, competitor, he broke it and beat his record. <laughs> then he broke it and beat that record. And then they had a big, and since then, you know, <laughs> A lot of people have broken the four-minute mile. It just takes one person doing it to go, well, hell, if he did it. Right. And if you can't watch Arthur Borman's video and go, okay, if he did it, look at me. I can walk. Yeah. You know? yeah. I don't have the spikes or the knee braces or the back brace. And Yeah. Well, that's how I felt. You know. I was like. I didn't break my back or my neck. Like these guys are, yeah. these wrestlers are in really bad shape, you know? And I'm like, well, it just got me up. I was like, let's do this. I'll be all like, right. Yeah. Yeah. For real. You know, I want to ask you real quick. Like you are the guy in a world of the toughest guys in the world that people, the toughest guys turn to and go, this guy needs help. You know, what's that feel like for you? I just wish I could help them all. <laughs> you know, I mean, Eric Bischoff taught me, you know, because even when I was in wrestling, I would do all the charity gigs. I would do all, but it was wearing me out. Like, because if you keep doing and giving, people will keep taking. It's yeah. human nature, you know? Right. So, you, you know, the hardest thing is saying no. Like, as soon as we put up the thing about looking for people for change or die, that wasn't supposed to go out at the time because we'd already gotten the people. 
and uh, it was supposed to go out a week before, oh, but it was on a delay yeah. and it went out. And I said, make sure that doesn't go out. And it went out. So everybody <laughs> knew then. So I got so many calls from so many guys and not indirectly. It was always someone calling for them. Yeah. And when you get the WWE calling you and their program and they're reaching out and I was like, dude, I would love to do it, but I can't because I'm full, you know, but if someone falls out, yes. And because so many of the guys go through, you know, when, when you don't have, you know, the, 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 the sound of the crowd and the smell of the popcorn and, and you can still do it. And that's what it's kind of like being a, a wrestler who ever had any kind of being over in any way, you could still draw any independent yeah. show. Yeah. Where are you going to make go out where you can make 500 bucks tonight? Yeah. You know, 700 bucks, 5,000 bucks. So you can't, it's kind of like being a stripper. You know, when they get mm. there, they, they can still make that money. They don't want to do it anymore, but yeah. I need the money. You yeah. know, that's how only way I know. So, yeah. you know, guys keep doing it. Yeah. And poor Vader, man. Vader, Van Vader came to my house for a week with his son, Jesse, because I knew he'd never do it for himself. So mm. Jesse had to come. Mm. And I was like, Leon, I can't help you. If you won't stop wrestling, because the doctor mm. told him in two years, you're going to die of a heart attack. And, you know, and he told everybody that too, but he should have listened to the doctor because he did die of a heart attack in two years because he kept working, not every week, but enough. Right. And yeah. when you get out there and you guys know, when you go to the stage, it's a whole different animal. People who have never been there, they don't know, right. you know, but it's that, it's just that, that thing of being in front of people. And when you've been in a spot where they're laughing or they're cheering, then you can feel like you're unstoppable. I've watched so many guys in the back and I swore I'd never be this guy because I knew how much damage it would do to me that is in the back walking around looking like he's 90 mm -hmm. and then the music starts and he said and before he walks through that curtain looking unstoppable yeah. and he is until he walks through that curtain and then yeah. it all comes Man. back yeah i heard these wrestlers talking about wrestling when for no crowds through covid and they were oh. saying it hurts so much more mm. because without the adrenaline of the crowd Oh, every yeah, bump wow. is just killing you they're like but when you got that crowd energy and that adrenaline you take the bump, and it's like you just don't feel them as much they said it was brutal without the crowd yeah it's and, like doing and, zoom stand-up shows it's like what the hell am i doing i'm sitting in my living room <laughs> i can't do where's it yeah. like unmute i gotta hear you you know yeah it's the worst really yeah I, I just couldn't even imagine that you know like i i wrestled my last match, and this is crazy. Uh, I Cody having, he's the guy who really, Cody Rhodes, you know, he's, I've been mentoring him since he was 12 years old. And he's like my nephew. And when he put this show called All In Together, which would become AEW right. with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, and then Tony Khan, who owns the um, Jacksonville Jaguars, 
got involved and created AEW. And now they're on TNT. 19 yeah. years later. Like I told wow. Cody, I gotta do, I gotta do something. I gotta, I gotta do one last match just to come back <laughs> and show what I could do it two months from 64 years old. One last and time in cutter. <laughs> one one last one last comeback. Yeah. And so, you know, we do it. And I told him, you know, before the match, we set everything up and place is hot. The people are crawling crazy. So now it's set up to be next week. So I said, dude, I ain't been in the ring in friggin' 12 years. <laughs> I can still go, but I need to walk this dance. I need to walk yeah. this dance. So we got everybody together. Everybody came down. And so Cody gives us the finish. And the finish is going to be, I blow the big comeback on everybody. Eventually, um, Dustin will do his flying roll off the apron. QT will do a flip and land on the guys on the floor. And as they're picking them up, D, you come off the top rope. Oh, to the uh, guys on the floor. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and I didn't sell it. I didn't sell it. I didn't go, no way. I just went, wow. <laughs> I've never done that. And like 20 years later doing it, maybe not the best idea. <laughs> but because there's so much room. Tear your ACL. Yeah. Break your neck. There's so much room. But again, I took that mindset like that never got to me because I would never let it come in. It went back. I'm going to blow everyone away. I'm going to nail this. I'm going to pop the crowd. They're going to go crazy. And this is the last move. Oh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> wow. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Brilliant. Wow. That's beautiful. That's the last crazy man and you know that the crowd when i oh. th this girl named bunny she had come up and like she was gonna climb the rope and i just put my hand in her face and i just did that and she flew across the ring <laughs> i didn't know but that almost got me some real heat because you don't do that yeah. you know but hey she was there so, <laughs> boom and I look around, and that crowd started coming. And when I started climbing, they couldn't believe it. And uh, it was pretty crazy. It was a lot of fun. If you watch that in slow motion, you'll see my head bounce off the cement. Not the mat, the cement. And I didn't break myself open, and I didn't feel it because of the adrenaline. But if there was no people there, oh. I never would have done it. <laughs> yeah. And you would have, and if you did, you would have really felt it. Yeah. Ooh, I might have broke my neck. Yeah, you know, I might have broke my neck. Like it's magic, no. man. It's jeez. It's great. Well, I'll tell you, man, it's been an honor chatting with you. And it's and 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 I feel like I've known you because I work out with you. You've been working out with me for the past eight <laughs> years. So thank you so oh, much. And uh that's amazing. It's incredible to watch the, you know. The, the giving back, like O'Teal said, you, I couldn't have said yeah. it better. Just watching you take it and give it back to the community and all the people you're motivating and stuff. It's uh, 
it's really incredible. Thank you. And take a minute to appreciate it for yourself, you know? No, I just, I don't take it too seriously. I just sort of have fun with it and thank God every day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to go watch that move. <laughs> I want to see that last fly off the ropes and now they go get straight on YouTube. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's somewhere somewhere on there, I'm sure. It might be on if you look at AEW, it, oh, it was fine. somewhere in January, like January 15th of two of, of two years ago. And uh wow. it was a fun moment and I'm I'm glad I survived and very <laughs> thankful that <laughs> nothing happened. Oh, Me too, man. man. Well, thank you so much for blessing our little podcast man with your presence we really appreciate it all right boys i appreciate it. anybody who wants to know more about what i'm doing go to ddpyoga.com or like i said go to facebook just put ddp yoga together just like this read what people write they'll blow your mind Fellas, I'm, I'm... it's it's been your pleasure yes <laughs> and I'll, I'll see you tomorrow morning we'll be doing diamond color yeah, tomorrow morning so see you boys Feel the bang. <laughs> Later, man. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Osiris. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.